0: Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. We're going to continue our uh, hearing from God series and we're very lucky and fortunate that we've got Paddy. Paddy Putman is going to uh, mm. talk to us today. But it's good because there were some pretty big shoes uh, that he's following from the previous speakers. So um, we need to bring in the big guns. Um, So, yeah, Putty, over to you. Hey, Vineyard Northridge friends. I hope you're doing well in this really strange and bizarre season that we're living through these last 18 months and looking forward. Uh, My name is Putty Putman. I am a friend of Vineyard Australia, a friend of Vineyard Northridge. I've been able to, to join you guys down there um, a couple of times over the last, uh, I suppose about three years. And um, just in that, man, the Lord has just given me a heart for you guys down under, as I like to say. Um, I just love what God is doing in the vineyard in Australia, and um, and I actually really miss you guys. I had one of those things that popped up on Facebook um, a couple of weeks ago that was like, hey, two years ago, remember this? And it was posting a bunch of photos of the last time I was down there with you guys. And uh, so I just want to say I miss you guys, um, and uh, I look forward to when we can be together again and uh, enjoy uh, being together in person. But in the meanwhile, I'm glad that we can at least be together this way. That's uh, probably better than nothing, Uh, and I do look forward to when uh, we can get together for um, a cuppa and all of that. Um, I'm praying it's sooner than, uh, than any of us expect. Today, as I'm going to share, we're going to wrap up this series that we've been doing about hearing God. Uh, You know, we've been talking about what it is to hear God's voice, how to relationally walk with God, uh, what the gift of prophecy is, and and just kind of how that works. And uh, I just love this whole topic. I love learning to hear God, I love uh, the journey that hearing God uh, sparks in our lives. And today we're going to wrap up this whole journey by looking at um, yet another aspect of hearing God. We're going to look at making life decisions, big decisions, what I like to call God decisions. We don't want to make just good decisions, we want to make God decisions. And so we're going to explore that today. And um, I'm really passionate actually about this particular topic because it's been a part of my journey for the last uh, 18 months. Uh, as COVID landed, um, I began to hear the Lord talk to me about concluding one chapter and beginning another chapter. And so uh, I've actually wrapped up uh, my my employment with the church I was on the team for uh, 11 years with, uh, sold the house, uh, gave away the ministry, did all that stuff, and uh, now I'm kind of beginning a new chapter. And in the midst of all of that, there's been journeying just really big decisions, in a really weird time right? Um, And I have just personally learned and grown so much in that process and so I pray that today as we talk about this um, that something of that uh, can hopefully be helpful, can be beneficial to you. Now I think that decisions are really really important things Our Christian journey actually begins with a decision, doesn't it? (laughs) Um, Somehow, one way or another, we begin to find our way into an environment where we learn some of the things about faith, we learn maybe about Jesus or ourselves, the world, learn about God. Um, we even begin not just to learn, but to believe these things. Wow, I think it's true. I think Jesus really is alive. I think, I think that that God really is doing these good things in the world. Um, and so we 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 accumulate learning, we accumulate belief, but it really isn't until we make a decision, a decision that we say, you know what, I am going to orient my life around this. I am going to get myself off the throne of my life. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the throne of my life to Jesus. When we make that decision and when we act that decision out, that's what actually truly begins our spiritual journey. And our journey through life, spiritual and otherwise, is just shaped by so many decisions, big and small. Um, maybe it's the decision of where we're going to go to eat. You know, maybe it's the decision, which, you know, maybe that's a big decision. Maybe that's probably not that consequential a decision. Um, you know, ramping up, there's the decision of, you know, am I going to watch this TV show or movie or not? That actually might have a little more ramification on my life or my spiritual journey. Um, what people I'm going to choose to surround myself with. And then we come even to major decisions, you know, should I, should I consider pursuing this person as a potential spouse uh, should I buy that house? Should I pursue this career? Um, these, these are major decisions, and these decisions matter. I think they matter to God because every decision says no to some things and says yes to something else, right? The decision to follow Jesus is a no to I am in control of my life and a yes to I submit my life to the lordship of Jesus, it's a no to something and a yes to something else. And, and so in that, every decision shapes our life. Every decision is sort of like a branch point where we, we say, no, we're not going that road. We're taking this road ahead. And so by making decisions, we're actually charting our path through life. And because of that, that's really important. <laughs> Um, they have effects on, on our natural reality. as effects on our, our spiritual walk. It affects, in the, I think, even in the spiritual realm. Our decisions unlock things, I think, sometimes in the spiritual realm for us, for good or for bad. <laughs> we all know people who have made bad decisions and are now struggling with maybe oppression from the enemy. Um, or have made good decisions and are now seeing kingdom breakthrough as a result of it our decisions matter. They matter to our lives, and I think they matter to God. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when it comes to big life decisions, God just seems to speak differently in them. Um, Small story, yesterday I was uh, walking uh, by someone's office in in the church that I'm now um, helping with here in in this season, and I walked by someone's office, and I just kind of felt like, you know, I think I'm supposed to go in and talk with her. And so I walked in, I began to talk with her, and just immediately I was like, mm, something's up with her family. And I felt I heard the Lord say that her husband was changing jobs. And so I asked her, I said, Hey, you know, um, yeah, you're are, you're married. I think you're married, right? And she goes, Yeah, yeah, I'm married. I said, What's going on with your husband? Is there something going on there? And she says, well, he's actually going to like interview for another job. He's thinking about changing careers. His his one job has gotten really bad. And, um, you know, he's thinking about changing careers, but we're like worried about it because like there's insurance and there's a surgery we're trying to get done. And I just said, hey, look, you know, I felt like the Lord said actually that your husband was changing jobs. And so he's going to provide for it. He's going to provide the job and he's going to provide for the insurance. And so I was just able to encourage her. And it was a great little interaction. I walked away from that going, Lord, that was really cool, but I'm also kind of surprised because like, my experience of when I decided that you were leading me to change jobs was so far from that crystal clear, simple, fast uh, observation. It was months of praying and discerning and, and inner turmoil. What am I supposed to do? This is so hard. It was so challenging. It was the opposite of the crystal clarity that I had in this prophetic word uh, for, for my coworker. And, and that's just kind of what I observed. That like when we come to the big life stuff, God doesn't usually just like give us a quick answer like that. Have you found that? That's been my experience. And once we begin to learn to hear God, that can kind of be frustrating sometimes. It's like, God, you you talk about everybody else. Why don't you talk to me about me? (laughs) I remember thinking that a lot in the last uh, 18 months or so. But what I found is, I think that that's because God knows that these decisions are so important that he wants to journey them with us. See, I... You're probably better than I am, but what I kind of want is I kind of want God to just give me the answer because I'm afraid of making the wrong decision. I want him to just remove the decision-making process, and I and I want a guarantee of the right outcome rather than wrestling through it, coming to a conclusion, making a decision, and then maybe finding out that decision wasn't, wasn't a good one. I want to shortcut all that. And so sometimes when I go to God, I'm like, God, what do you, tell me the answer, tell me the answer. And what I'm kind of doing, if I'm really honest, is I'm kind of using God like my magic eight ball. I'm saying, God, okay, what's the answer? And I'm shaking it and I'm looking at him like my, like he's my cosmic fortune teller. And I'm trying to use him to escape the decision-making process. Now you're probably better than that, but we all probably know someone else who's done that once in a while. And what God wants to do is he actually wants to grow us up so that we're not afraid of decision making, so that we aren't intimidated by making these choices and worried about making the the wrong ones. No, God wants to walk through the decision with us because he's relational. He loves those journeys. And he wants to use the decision making process to actually form us. You know, we see that, that the decisions form our life moving forward. Well, if we journey decisions with God, not only the decision forms our life, but the process of making the decision can form our life. As God uh, kind of confronts that, oh, just give me the right answer thing. And he empowers us to journey the decision-making process together with him. And so I find that when it comes to making decisions, God actually is really eager to do them, but he doesn't usually just want to hand me the answer when it comes to a big life decision. He wants to walk with me through it. I think this is a a, a, great, uh, a great scripture here that, that speaks to this. In Proverbs 25, verses two and three, it says this, it's the glory of God to conceal things But the glory of kings is to search things out. Look at this. The glory of kings is to have to dig and to search for things. When God just hands us an answer, instead of us walking through a process, he's actually shortcutting us of the opportunity to walk through that glory and to increase his glory on our lives. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, so the heart of the king, of kings is unsearchable. Um, the Proverbs are writing about this. It takes depth to make the kinds of decisions that kings need to make, and they have to make hard decisions. And so what God is doing in these decision-making processes, he's actually increasing our depth. He's growing us to be deeper people. And in that, he's increasing his glory upon us. There's great, beautiful things that happen as we journey making decisions. And so God, he's so thrilled to journey making decisions with us. He doesn't wanna just shortcut it. He doesn't wanna just hand us an answer, act like a cosmic eight ball. He wants to walk with us through the process and journey with us and grow us up in the middle of it. And so one of the biggest things as it comes to decision making that we have to start with is this. When it comes to life decisions, We need to move away from the thinking of what's the right answer, and we need to move towards the thinking of what journey does God have for me in making this decision, okay? I'm going to say that one more time. We're moving away from what's the right answer. I get it, man. That's that's where I want to start too. What's the right answer? Am I supposed to do this or not? I'm kind of freaked out. We will get an answer, but what we're moving away from is jumping to the answer first, and we're embracing the fact that God has process here. And we're saying, God, what's the journey? What's the process that we get to walk together with you that will lead to an answer? And if we have a healthy process, what we'll find is God's mixed up in that process. And we do get to an answer that he informs. It's not that he's just not, not speaking into it. It's just that he's not shortcutting the process. He's working through a process to speak to us. And so that's kind of where we're going with this. And and to, to get there, what I want to suggest, what I've found, and particularly I've really kind of honed in on in the last year and a half, is that there is tremendous value in pivoting the way we try and do this away from jumping to an answer and instead asking God for wisdom for a process. In the book of James, um, as James writes, he says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Now, sometimes wisdom looks like making the right answer, right, or or, or making a good decision, having a good answer, and I remember when I was in the process of weighing, God, are you bringing me into a new season? Are you you ending the season that I've had with the vineyard in Urbana? I remember churning over that and really feeling anxious, and what am I supposed to do, and, and praying, God, what do I do, what do I do, and there were so many layers, and it was so dizzying. And I was looking for the wisdom that gave me the answer. But I remember one day as I was praying, I was in bed praying, I think I was up late, I was like trying to, you know, my mind spinning in circles, all that. And I remember thinking, okay, God, maybe I don't need an answer. Maybe I need to know how to make this decision. And so I asked, I said, God, would you help me know how to make this choice? And as soon as I asked that, it was like instantly I got a download. Here's what you do. You look at this, 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 this. It was like, it was almost like there was this plan for how to make the decision that just about instantly came. But that was after weeks of kind of banging my head saying, God, what am I supposed to do? Give me the answer here. And it was just like nothing was happening. (laughs) Sometimes the wisdom is asking for the journey that God wants us to take, asking for the process that leads us to the decision. And and when we ask for that wisdom, I've found that God is usually very quick to answer because that's what he's actually doing. He's setting up a process to walk through. And so if I ask him, God, what is that process? What do I do? I have found that he is very eager to speak about that. And so let's look at a couple of processes of decision-making just to kind of like flesh out uh, what, what that, that might look like. So um, let's look at the first process. Example process one was the process of stepping away from uh, the church in Urbana that I was a part of and beginning kind of an, a new adventure. When I asked God, I said, God, what do I, how do I handle this? I just immediately felt the sense of like, you need to take time and weigh four distinct channels of input. And so these were the channels of input that I used to make that decision. The first one was the inward sense of what I was talking about with God. And so this was the conversation between me and God and the conversation between myself and my wife and her conversation with God. So like that kind of triangle, me, myself, and or me, my wife, and God, that circle, um, we were processing um, that circle. That was kind of one channel of input. Now, a separate, completely distinct channel of input was supernatural direction, prophetic words that people would share, or even kind of like signs, things that I would run into that I'd be like, oh, that is, that means... I see what that's trying to tell me. (laughs) Um, And so I began to write these down. When I would come across one, I would journal it, I would write it down, I would put the date, um, and I would record that. Third channel of input was coaching and counseling input. I realized this was an important decision to make kind of looking at the arc of my life and the arc of ministry and that kind of thing. And so I met with coaches and counselors. I said, help me help me convince myself that this isn't just burnout. Help me convince myself, uh, you know, help me see if this is something God is doing in terms of my development in life. Um, I, I, I worked with professionals in those areas to get that kind of input. And then the fourth was I formed three discernment groups. One from uh, my nuclear family or biological family, one from my local church family, and one from the broader Vineyard USA family. And with each of these discernment groups, I sat down with them and I said, look, it, it feels to me like God may be beginning a new season and that he's asking us to take the risk of, of, of ending our time here in Urbana and beginning a new chapter. I said, will you pray with me through this. At the end of of, uh, a few months, I want you to ask me whatever hard questions you need to ask. And I want to hear you tell me whether you think this is God or not. I'm not looking for vague encouragement. I, I I want a yes or a no. Is this God? And what I did was I took all four of these channels of input um, my myself, my inner dialogue with with God and my wife, the supernatural input, coaches and counselors and these discernment groups and I and I mapped all of that input over about three months. I took June, July and August and I just tuned into all of that for three months and then at the end of that three months, I integrated all of that input, and I and I made a decision and I owned it. I didn't hand it away. I didn't say, well, all these other people made the decision for me. No, no, no. I have to own that decision. But what I did was I created the the capability to get these channels of input over a prolonged period of time. So and then I gave myself a deadline. We're gonna make this decision at this time frame. And what that did was that set me up so that I could stop trying to make the map or figure out how I was gonna make the choice and I could pay attention to these different channels. I could pay attention, God, what are you doing with this? And I journal my private conversations with God or I'd get prophetic words and I'd say, oh, okay, I know how to write that down. And I, and I had a regular meeting with, with counselors and discernment and groups and all that. I just created the structure, and then I just walked through it for three months. I didn't try to make the decision for three months. I wasn't agonizing over it every day. I was just trying to get the input. I was working on that, and then when I took a step back and I looked at all of that input over over the three months, then I was able to say, wow, okay, this is definitely God. Like all, all of these channels of input are consistently saying that this is the Lord. I, I I now have to say, okay, this this seems like this is definitely God. I mean, I, I may not know what he's doing, but I can't say I don't think this is him anymore. And what I found was when I took that framework, that process, I'm going to give it three months. I'm going to look at these channels of input, and then we're going to make a decision. We're going to own that decision. That process really unlocked the anxiety and helped me to journey that decision well and you know what i learned so much and i journeyed so i grew so much with god in that process like now that i look back on it i go man i'm so glad god didn't just give me the answer because the growth that i got through that process and the things i stepped into with the lord were beautiful were so powerful So there's an example. Let me give you a second example, because um, there's a place now that um, we're in the process of weighing and saying, Lord, is this where you're taking us? And uh, I know you may be curious. I actually can't share what that place is, Um, but I'm I'm weighing that right now. And this is the process that we're looking at in terms of, of where we're going next. We're asking three specific types of questions. Uh, First question. Does it fit us, like our family? Uh, Will we like it? What do we want? What are we gaining? What are we giving up? Can we see ourselves flourishing there? That's kind of one category of input. How well does this fit us as, as as a family? Um, Next question, how well does this fit the mission that we sense that God has us on? This next chapter, I think, is about us um, stepping out and beginning to to take some new risks, to pioneer some new things in the area of church. And so, does this place fit that mission? Um, You know, is this a good place to build? Does the culture feel like it's going to help or hurt that kind of pioneering? Um, what connections do we have there? The people that we already know there, um, you know how do they fit into that potential mission? So there's a mission kind of set of questions. And then the third um, set of input is, okay, what is God saying? What is God doing here? Um, you know so what is God saying to us? What is God saying to other people who may be interested in joining that mission? Um, what's God saying um, from outside prophetic input? Um, What's God saying from outside wisdom input? People I I might bounce the idea off of. What's God saying to the people who are there? Are they hearing something? Um, What grace do we sense is is in that place? Like What what is God already doing in that space? Um, And then how does what we're doing potentially fit into that? And so you can see here, there's three channels of of discernment, a channel of uh, a fit for ourselves and our family, a channel of fit for the mission, and a channel of what is God saying and what is God doing here. And once again, you know, this 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 roadmap came because I was like, I don't know how to make this decision. And I said, Lord, will you help me figure this out? And as I kind of grappled with that, I realized, oh, these are the three things I need to know. I need to know what does it seem like God is saying? How well do I expect this to fit my family? And how well does this fit the mission? If I have clarity on those three things, and I know the answer, then I know I can make a decision here and feel confidence and feel peace about it. And so this has been the process we've outlined for this decision. And once again, I'm, I'm giving some time, I'm giving months actually to evaluate this and pray about it and interact with people and see what God does in the process of collecting this information and having these kinds of conversations. So, here's a couple of examples of what this type of um, decision making process looks like. Now, you can see here that what's happening is a lot of what's happening is I'm trying to map the right input channels and I'm trying to establish the right time frame. If I can map the right input channels, these are the things I need to be listening to, and I can establish the right time frame. I'm gonna collect this input over this period of time and then we're gonna make a decision. That frames the process that's ahead and then with that frame, now I can focus on journeying it with God. And so let's suppose you're facing a life decision. Let's suppose you're thinking about, um, you know, what do I do about this or that or whatever? How, how does this work for you? How can, how can you sort this out for yourself? How can you take this kind of journey together with God? Well, I'm still kind of figuring it out, but here's what I've learned from my journeys thus far. First thing you want to do is design the process. When I put those things on paper, here's the channels of input I'm going to listen to. Just designing that process gave me great peace. And so the questions I'm asking are, what inputs matter? what natural inputs matter and what supernatural inputs matter. You'll notice that was on both of my uh, charts, you know, natural input and supernatural input. I want both of them. And I think it's important to have both of them because God speaks in both. Sometimes it's more about hearing a prophetic word and sometimes it's about recognizing the wisdom God has given someone else or something like that. Getting these kinds of inputs matter. And so articulate the inputs you want to get input from when you're trying to make this decision. If you'll figure out what inputs, that will help you a lot. Second question, who or what will this decision affect? Um, Knowing that and factoring that into the inputs will help you. So in my first decision, I I decided I had these discernment groups. I said my biological family, my local church family, the extended vineyard family. I chose those discernment groups because I knew whatever decision I made would affect those three circles. Would affect my biological family, the local church family, and the broader vineyard family. And so I wanted input from those people because that would help me process what is that gonna mean in those areas. And so knowing who and what this decision will affect can help you choose what input you need to be listening to. And then thirdly, what's a good time frame for making this decision? I think it's important to think about timeframes that do two things. Number one, they remove the sense of anxiety. When it comes to big decisions, it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous, what am I gonna do? And that anxiety can drive us, and when that anxiety is driving us, it's probably not gonna help us make a good decision. And so for me, I was like, I'm gonna slow decisions down. I'm gonna make decisions over time. I'm gonna collect input over months, and then I'm gonna make a decision. I don't want the anxiety of this decision to press me to make a decision fast, because that probably won't be a good decision. And so what's a time frame that removes the anxiety from the process, and then also what's a time frame that allows the sort of natural momentum that can just kind of happen that isn't of God to begin to sort of like come over the peak and die down. This is what I found when I'm, when I'm making life decisions. I kind of just get excited by the fact that I can envision the decision being made. And there's a sort of momentum that can happen, like, oh, yeah, I could see that working, and, and oh, that could work, and oh, that could work, and, and before I know it, there's this sort of sense of wind in the sails. And that wind in the sails actually may not have anything to do with God. <laughs> it could have something to do with God, but it could also just be myself actually kind of psyching myself up. And the way that you can tell the difference is there's a period of time where if you're psyching yourself up, it's gonna wind up coming around the corner and losing steam. Uh, For me, I find that that's kind of like a, a, a one or two months. I can psych myself up for a couple of weeks, but then eventually sort of real life settles back in, and then I start seeing all the negative things and all the downsides. But if God is in something, that sense of building sort of just continues as time goes on. And so I give it a long enough time to sort of walk through that process and say, okay, if this was just me making this up, I, would, I wouldn't be so enthused anymore. I would have been enthusiastic a week in, two weeks in, a month in. I would not be enthusiastic three or four months in. You know, at this point, I, I feel like God is in the middle of this somehow. And so design our process. Then when your process is designed, then walk through that process with God. And what what you'll probably find, what I found, was that as you walk through that, you will journey stuff with God. That process will actually bring stuff to the surface. We realize like, I'm afraid of making this decision. I'm afraid of messing it up. I'm, I don't, or if I do that decision, I don't know if I'm gonna have it in me. Like I'm intimidated by that choice or intimidated by, by that risk, that loss. I don't know what's gonna happen there. Like all of that stuff will begin to come up and that's actually good. That's what God wants to journey with us. And so we wanna take those things and take them to God. <laughs> God, I'm freaked out. Why am I so afraid? (laughs) Can you help me through that? (laughs) Or God, that risk freaks me out of like walking away from the job and I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, God, can you grow me in faith that you really are my provider? Journey the process with God, interact with him on it and get not just the input, but allow the process to bring things to the surface with you so that you can work with God through them. That's the gold in these kinds of things. And then when we get to the end of the process, make the decision and own the decision. Don't try and push it off on someone else. Um, you know, you can say, you know, I did my best to journey this with God, and I believe that God led me to blank. But still own that you made the decision to try to land where God was was, was doing it. Don't don't outsource the decision. That that sort of displacement of responsibility is not healthy. Now of course we're trying to follow God. I'm not saying take so much responsibility for your life that you're not listening to God. No, of course not. (laughs) But short of that, take maximal responsibility for your journey with God through life. And so own the decision. And when it comes to that kind of integrating that input and landing a decision, um, here's a few questions that I have found helpful. Okay, first question, the uh, first two actually kind of help give a little distance. Sometimes a little distance can be helpful because, as I said, the decision-making process can actually provoke any unresolved things inside of ourselves. And so the first two questions are really helpful. What would I tell someone else to do? You know, so if someone else is in facing this decision and has all the same inputs, what would I tell them to do? By framing it that way, it gives us a little kind of psychological distance from the question. And that can often help us see a lot clearer. If we go, oh, well, duh, you got to do this. Well, then we probably should be thinking that same for ourselves. Uh, Another question, what would I regret not doing? Like, you know, five years from now, if I make this choice or that choice, which one do I regret five years from now? I think this is a, an important one because it helps us give time distance. And that time distance somehow like separates for us what we're afraid of not working out. You know, sometimes we face these decisions and it's like, well, I want to do that, but I'm actually really afraid of it. And the fear feels big enough that I, I, I don't know if I should do it. The fear makes me question whether it's wisdom is really what's happening there. But if I have to say, well, hold on, let's imagine 10 years from now. What do you regret 10 years from now? Sometimes that can click into clarity and we go, oh, well, actually, I would really regret not doing that. Um, and that that kind of time distance can, again, help us get to some clarity. And then as we get to clarity, I find, again, because you know God wants to grow me up in making decisions. He wants to work with me like a partner, not just a dependent. Um, but I don't want to run that so far that I'm like, yeah, God, I'm on it. I'll do it. Don't worry about me, you know. So, so what I what I usually do in in, in processes like this is I assemble all of this input. I look at all of it. I go, okay, hmm, this really looks like this direction is God. And then I'll say, God, okay, I've done the healthiest process I can. I've journeyed this together with you. I'm going to choose this option, believing this is what you're doing if you don't tell me otherwise by this date. And what I do is I just give a window. It's sort of a last window to say, God, is there anything I'm missing? Like really my my heart in all of this is obedience. I just wanna follow you. And so I, I don't wanna get stuck. I don't wanna get my wheels spinning where I'm not moving forward because I'm like just waiting for something. Like I have done a process. I believe you're pointing me towards this. Now, by this date if I'm missing something I need you to say something otherwise I'm moving forward believing this is what you have uh you have shown me in this process and these kinds of things help us get to that point of decision making And as we do, um, we we get to then begin new chapters. We branch off, and and a new part of our journey with God begins. But it's not just that we've made the decision. It's not just that we've kind of you know moved past. That particular junction point, but we wound up growing through the whole thing. We wound up journeying it together with God through the whole thing. And in that whole process, what I find is that that decision making process sometimes grows us into who we need to be on the far side of the decision. Sometimes we need to make a decision where the decision we need to make is is we need to actually have grown past where we are. And so what happens is by journeying that process with God, we wind up growing into the person we need to be for the decision that we need to make. And so this whole process can be just really fruitful and really beautiful. Now, is it easy? No, you can probably see it takes time, takes work, takes prayer, takes energy. It's not necessarily easy. But what it is, what it has been for me at least, is it has been very (laughs) God-filled. And I pray that as you are continuing your journey to hear God, as you are continuing your journey to make good life decisions, (laughs) that you can journey a process together with God. And that in that, God won't just hand you good decisions, but that you'll get to good decisions together with God, growing up, every step of the way, increasing every step of the way, as God wants for you to be able to do. It's grown great fruit in my life, and I pray that it bears great fruit in your life too. Decisions don't have to scare us. They can actually be one of the most beautiful ways that we interact with God. Every decision can actually focus our relationship with God and grow us up as we make them. And as we do that our whole life long, like I just find myself asking, man, what will God grow me up into? It actually makes me want to make more major life decisions, not less, because of how much God has worked in me in that process. I hope this has been helpful. Uh, I'd love if you're willing uh, to just pray, kind of uh, closing that the ways that God has blessed me in this, he would do the same with you. And so Jesus, I thank you that you care about us so much that you're not willing to just hand us answers, but you want to journey with us through decision-making processes. And Lord, right now, I just bless, would you pour out wisdom in how to approach decision-making processes with you? Would you pour out wisdom in which inputs to listen to and, and how uh, to set up good timeframes? And would you pour out wisdom in how to, how to integrate all of the understanding and how to, to really journey honestly with you through the process so that you can grow us up in the middle of it? Lord, I thank you for the joy of journeying decision-making processes with you. I ask for great grace right now on each and every person as they're, as they're hearing this, as they're processing this, and as they begin to make their own life decisions, Lord, may they do it together with you and in that process grow up so much more than they thought they would. Lord, I thank you and I bless each person listening right now in your name, Jesus. Amen.